Hey guys, back on the City of Champions podcast. Going to keep the intro real short today. It's been a long 18-hour day between the podcast and shooting a new documentary. Today I had Steve Liang, founder of RVL Apparel, and his two business partners, Tony and Dustin, talked about their lifestyle brand, basically about working hard and staying humble. We talked about being an entrepreneur, taking that plunge out of the 9 to 5, overcoming challenges and adversity that can really kind of make you feel like a failure or a fraud. These guys are awesome. They're living the dream. Go check their stuff out online, rvlapparel.ca. Enjoy my chat with them. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in. Sorry about the uh, the hectic start there. Really appreciate it. How's your guys' morning been? Pretty good. Just starting, yeah. We do, don't get up very early. Do you want this coffee? Not at all. No, I had so much. <laughs> I have an espresso machine in my house. Yeah. Every morning I get my espresso. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And do you take the kids to school or? My wife work? did today. Yeah. That's I good. usually do, but maybe my wife did today. Yeah. I slept in. I played a few games last night. So that's good. Dustin, what about you? Woke up and came here. <laughs> Woke up and came here. You're ready to go. That's awesome. Life, yeah. Get up whenever. So for those listening to the audio, we've got Steve, Dustin, and Tony from RVL Apparel, Revival Apparel. What do you guys refer to it as? Between yourselves. <laughs> yeah, both really like our our corporate company is RVL Apparel yeah. Inc. And um, it stands for Revival, so we kind of have both our websites, RevivalApparel.ca. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's, it kind of started a lot with RVL. Is he's everyone knew the logo, but now we're getting more into the revival writing, and a lot of people are catching on to that. So it's nice to have kind of both avenues. You're right. Yeah. So give me a little rundown on the company, how it got started, Steve. Since it's your your baby here, you're probably gonna give us the the talk. Yeah, this is uh, I guess the the main question a lot of people ask me how we got started. Right how many now. times have you told the story? Oh, too many times. Okay. Too many times, but you know, <laughs> let's refine it a little bit and like. It's, uh, I guess, it's somewhat an interesting story. A lot of people kind of love to hear the basics of it, right? Yeah. Um, just the brand itself, you know, it, it, it's been through a lot. But the, the starting point was really me being a, a, a guy that didn't really like his career. Uh, I hated what I did. Uh, you know, grew up in the ranks in uh, LGO Max Engineering and really hated it. I uh, thought I'd go back to school, you know, pursue a different way, like a different angle of it. Mm-hmm. And it still wasn't the thing for me. Um, and I was just kind of seeing, you know, the, the fitness industry, like really grow at a certain time. And I wasn't really a part of it at the time. And then kind of placed myself in a, a weird position as not even being in the fitness world and want to start something like in it. And then uh, ultimately just found another brand that I, I really liked um, and wanted to create something that was from myself. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so like it just wasn't. Um, I mean, like, what was the moment where you thought, I'm going to start a clothing brand? Like, had you stepped foot in a gym at the first time? Yeah, we actually, I stepped foot in the gym for like a couple times before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say actually a few months. Yeah. And, you know, I was actually just found something I loved about the gym. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it was like, you know what? I'm in here all the time. How do I make this my life? Mm-hmm. You know, what can it be? Like, at the same time, I had my buddy who uh, started a meal prep business, mm-hmm. and but food wasn't really my thing. And then all this other stuff kind of transpired, um, and I guess clothing was kind of the thing I was always, you know, pretty, I guess, not crazy fashionable, but at the same time, I knew what I liked for clothing-wise. Right. And RVL was basically a clothing company you created for yourself, exactly. essentially, right? 
You're like, hey, I see a niche in the market and I want to wear the stuff that I create. Exactly. And I saw like a, a big brand, a big inspiration of mine, like Live Fit, really blow up the ranks. Like yeah. It was just on the social media thing. I think mm-hmm. Instagram was just kind of coming out of its its works and, and being very influential at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, I saw them and I was like, you know what, there's, there's things that I can take from this that I can make better. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I still admire them greatly, like every day I still see their stuff and I, I love what they're they're doing and I was you know what this uh, let's put my own spin on it right now you've got a really interesting backstory because your parents are both from where uh, so my mom's from Vietnam yeah and my dad's from Laos but we're Chinese right um, so you know just first generation here anyways yeah so they met in Edmonton they right? met in Edmonton and you were born here yeah so did you know that Edmonton was always where you were gonna make home uh, you know what I've uh, I played around different ideas like mm-hmm. I did move to Vancouver um, went to school out there and thought that would have been my home then. Right. Um, you know, just going to school out there, you know, everyone got like... This, Man, this Vancouver is so nice. Exactly. I, I'm from Vancouver and I went to UBC and just everything about it is just like, why would I want to live anywhere else? Exactly. <laughs> now you're in Edmonton. Well, <laughs> but okay, but yes, and I get that all the time. Everyone goes, usually people go west, not east. But really like, and you guys can all attest to this, I'm sure, at least I hope, there's something special about Edmonton. It's the people here, right? Like exactly. I've lived in Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, London, Ontario. Don't go to London, Ontario unless you <laughs> want to like live at the bars. Um, but something about Edmonton just draws you in. I have a friend from high school who I brought him here or he came here to visit someone last year and I took him out for the night and he fell in love with it. He's like, dude, I'm getting stationed. He's an RCMP officer and he spent five years up north. He's like, I can basically decide where I want to go. My family wants me back in Vancouver, but I don't know. There's something about Edmonton. That one night that you showed me, like, man, I want more of that. Like, this is awesome here. Yeah. So you moved here. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, we our brand wouldn't be where it is without the people in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. You know, it literally started out of a, a good like gym, and first eighty hats got pumped out of there. Yeah. Right. And then people, it kind of grew from there. And then next thing you know, it's like going to Fort McMurray, it's going to Vancouver, it's going to all these places, and you know, it all stemmed from Edmonton. Right. Right. Um, I think if we started anywhere else in the world, even in Vancouver or something like that, mm-hmm. even as fashionable as they are, we wouldn't get the same build as what we have right now, mm-hmm. right? Just that connectivity with people. Uh, you know, it's, it's Edmonton's such a, a transit city. People come in, they leave, they, you know, it's, and then, but somewhere down the line, everyone keeps coming to Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. It brings people back. So Tony, Dustin, tell us a little bit about how you guys fit in the picture here start uh we'll, we'll go this way <laughs> when did you come on board so i actually uh partnered with tony what was it three three years two yeah, years ago three years ago um with uh my jersey company and also with sick transit and uh, steve actually came in looking for business cards and stuff and mm-hmm. that's kind of how we met steve um and uh yeah like we i, I kind of started a jersey company and um i did it all uh, uh outsourced it all so i kind of had the knowledge to like um i don't know just with the overseas market and how to deal with that so right. I, so that kind of helped steve a lot right with uh i don't know like most of the stuff we do here but we're just starting to grow big enough where we have to kind of start looking overseas to do stuff right so um, that's kind of where I come into play with RBL, and mm-hmm. yeah, Tony's totally, totally different avenue too. <laughs> yeah, uh, when we, yeah, when we met Steve, um, it was kind of a, a cool coincidence, I guess. He uh, he had a brand that he was passionate about, 
And uh, I had owned a brand in the past myself, so when he kind of went through some things, I guess, or some issues, me and Dustin talked, and we, we knew that we would be a good fit based on what Dustin just said. He right. can bring the uh, Chinese, uh, <laughs> I guess, outsourcing aspect of it that he's been doing with our Jersey Lab company. Yeah. And just with my experience in the past with, with my brand. So Yeah. So yeah. How, how cool is it to go from a job that you hated? How long ago was that? Two years? Yeah, it was uh, actually, we, we first started about two and a half years ago. RVL started two and a half years yeah. ago. And, then, and when did you leave? Like, when did you quit your job? How did that happen? It was, uh, so I went through the weirdest career change. Yeah, uh, and immigrant parents, I'm sure that went over <laughs> great. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, so I left my engineering stuff, um, I think almost a year, a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Jumped to car sales. Nice. Um, just really wanted to get a hands-on experience of how to deal with people in weird scenarios. I knew it would really be... Were you shy before? Um, I wouldn't say I was shy before. Mm-hmm. I would just wouldn't know how to talk business the way that I don't talk business now. Right. Right. Uh, there's, you know, times where you can joke and laugh about stuff. And then there's nitty-gritty times where you got to buckle down and talk numbers. Right. That's where I kind of gained the experience from. Um, I wouldn't say I was great at it, mm-hmm. but well, yeah, everyone's got to learn exactly. somewhere, right? And I luckily, you know, knew enough friends in the industry that helped me through it, mm-hmm. right? So I actually wasn't, it's not a full-time thing until this May. May okay. 1st was my initial first day at RVL at the warehouse yeah. full-time. Is that scary? Uh, it was a scary jump. Uh, you know, it was, <laughs> it was actually something that we built almost for three, four months, mm-hmm. if not six months before. We talked about every single day, like how to get me in the door, mm-hmm. right? How to get me, you know, doing this full time, mm-hmm. because the company like, it, it was at a, I wouldn't say a standstill, like the growth wasn't happening as it should have been. Right, and you started selling stuff out of your car essentially. Yeah, so it was a uh, you know start eighty hats out of the, the back of my car, and then the first few thousand went out that way as well, and that's why I think the brand grew to what it was because there's that personal connection to it. Yeah, yeah, the connection to the streets. I think that's brilliant marketing. I mean, that's essentially like like people would call you and be like, hey, come sell me some stuff, right? Yeah. It's essentially like the risque factor of buying drugs without having to buy drugs or do something <laughs> yeah. illicit, right? Exactly. It was just crazy. Just like the people who would hit me out on Instagram. Like I didn't have a huge following when mm-hmm. we first started this. Still don't have a huge following right now, but mm-hmm. the people that know me, they know me really well that, you know, they, they're okay to pass along my number, yeah. pass along my contacts or... You know, just hit me up whenever. Yeah. And that's, the, I think, the cool aspect of brand because there's a, such a personal touch to it. Yeah. So speaking to all three of you, but you two specifically because you have kind of longer-term brand um, experience, how important is it to grow with the community? It's fairly, fairly, very important. It's, it's like how, it's how you get your base. Yeah. You have to have those people that support you mm-hmm. so then they wear your product. They're like billboards. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, essentially, it's free marketing. Like, exactly. You get paid, you actually, get paid for them for to the market. market. Exactly. And it's just like, to, like the whole Edmonton thing. Like, Edmonton's like a big city with a small town feel. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm from a small town originally, and it's kind of very, um, when you have something that works, it like you start a restaurant. If it sucks right off the bat, you're probably going to close down in two months. Yeah. Because it's tough to gain the people's trust back. So same with RVL, like as soon as we made a product that was high quality, people really liked, they would tell their friends and they told their friends and that's how it kind of exploded. Right. Well, the the restaurant analogy is an interesting one because they say you need two of three things to succeed in the restaurant business, right? You need price, location, and quality. If you have two of those, you're good. So if your food is great and it's a good location, it doesn't matter if it's a good price. People will pay whatever. It's good that you guys have the quality and the brand awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, what initiatives have you guys done in the community or, or if any like how did you kind of first penetrate the market essentially 
to be honest with you, it was uh, a lot of just hands-on, um, being at the right locations, right, uh, being in the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it started really out of Edmonton, and then all of a sudden we're, we're hitting the competition shows. We really built ourselves from a fitness community standpoint into now into the lifestyle side. Mm-hmm. Um, the fitness community really supported us, and that's where, like, the gym aspect. And then at the time, it was a big thing to compete. So we, we attacked that market really, really early on. Well, I say um, midway through. Yeah. Um, but with the brand itself, it was very early on. It was just like straight into bodybuilding, the fitness community. Mm-hmm. And then with that, the shows, you're hitting Edmonton shows, calorie shows. And now we're getting into, you know, stuff out west, right? Into Vancouver and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the aspect that we got going on there. Okay. And now what's, what's sort of your next strategy to reach the next level of growth? Uh, this is, I guess this we is have a few tough, strategies. Yeah, we have a few strategies. This can turn into a business meeting. Well, That's yeah, fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll facilitate this. One of the things we want to do is get into more stores. We want to get ourselves nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've got a pretty decent following right now in the Western. We've got some stores in the West that support us. And, yeah. and, and people really like the brand out West. So we, I think that's our next strategy is kind of get across nationwide. Just get our stuff get our in stuff. front of more people's eyes, right? Yeah. Like, but how does that happen? You just select a few people and go and, you know, offer them free stuff and say, hey, would you wear this stuff if you're out and around in the public eye or on social media? That's the one crazy thing that we have with the brand is that we actually never really give up free stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's people really, I guess, love our brand for what it is. Mm-hmm. So they're okay with buying it, like whatever it is. Like, and then, you know, once it goes to one person, it goes to three and then Right. It, it really it's an exponential rate that we're, we're growing mm-hmm. um, let's say if we're in America or something like that we'd be growing a lot faster mm-hmm. uh, you know I always look at that as a slight downfall from being a Canadian market mm-hmm. but you know so it's spread out it's so sp- yeah like but also you see brands sink and fail in the states all the time yeah we've uh, we've, we've done something different and uh, you know I guess we use what we have as well um, but the crazy thing with that question is that like you know we some days we don't know how it affects certain people, right. right? Like how to be like, let's keep growing this way. Um, we've sent some crazy orders, like some out to Sweden, Germany. And nice. That's essentially all social media marketing. Yeah. And so it's it's hard to answer that question, how to get out there, because mm-hmm. you know I guess we're still learning every day. Yeah. Um, it's you know if we knew how to to answer that we yeah be, our next plan of attack though is definitely. Canada-wide. Yeah, exactly. More eyes. Yeah. Our product sells itself. Like people really enjoy it for what it is and what we what we stand for. So right. So in in a sentence, what do you guys stand for? Basically, fitness. Yeah, work work, work hard, stay humble. That's that's our motto. Yeah. Um, a lot of people grasp onto that, mm-hmm. and uh, and we want to preach like the fact that you know everyone has a story. Um, you know, wherever we start, like this is this kind of this brand is essentially my story right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we all can kind of relate to it in different ways, but. You know, being in a career that I really hated, um, not succeeding the way that I should have been, and you know, this is this is my story coming out of that, and being passionate about something I should care about. Because mm-hmm. so many people are passionate about stuff, but they leave it in the back burner. They'll, you know, they the nine to five controls them. You know, that's all they can, they really know. And you know, I, I want to show the like, I guess the entrepreneur side of being able to break away from that. So what's holding people back? What do you think? How how do they take the plunge? Um, you know what, I, I guess what I was even stuck in that world, it was, you know, one, you know, being secure, right? Once you're in a secure job like that, you're stuck, mm-hmm. you know, you, you become having, you have bills, you have family, you have kids, like that kind of stuff like that. I lucked out not to deal with certain situations like that, mm-hmm. but I think essentially with, you know, like 
nowadays like everyone's just gets too comfortable right like a job they just they just know what to do mm-hmm. they just go there they mindlessly do it and then they're done at five o'clock and then they go and party on the weekend yeah that's just a, like a trend right my thinking is it's distraction there's so many distractions in this world whether it's you know a million really really high quality tv shows on netflix or you know movies in the theaters or just you know great events around the city like there's just so many things that you can do that while they offer entertainment and enjoyment it really doesn't get you farther ahead in life right yeah yeah exactly all right so how do you block out those distractions you know what just bury yourself in work yeah so you guys were lucky enough to find something that you're not i shouldn't say lucky you guys found something that you're passionate enough about that that all that stuff all that extra static didn't didn't seep into it so what advice would you guys give to people who are stuck in a nine-to-five or just really like i don't even know what i would do if it weren't for this well like some people enjoy like you're saying the netflix tv shows Mm -hmm. the festivals in Empton, and that's totally fine as long as you're happy doing that right um like for me personally um I don't mind working whatever it is like 12 13 14 15 16 hours a day mm-hmm. because you kind of see you don't see an end but you know if I keep doing this for two three four years there's gonna be something that comes out of it and you can see the slow growth and that growth is slowly getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. so I don't know I just for, for me personally it's it's to see like in three four or five years where am I gonna be because in October last year I was in a totally different place than I am now and I'm excited to see where I'll be next October right Right. It's amazing. Do you guys find how quickly life can change? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like one year you're doing something, you're like, yeah, this is it for the next 10, 15 years. And then the next year you're in a completely different field. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went from some crazy, like, obviously oil and gas and then into urban development and then, you know, car sales. And like, that's, I never thought I would go certain routes like that. Like, yeah. at one point, I don't, like, to be honest with you, I don't remember living in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a two year blur. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Caprice, like, celebrities, yeah, <laughs> all the places. Hit all those places there, yeah. and then it's just like it, it's a blur. You come back, and you're like, okay, what's what's different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even right now, like, like I think the biggest thing is like, you know, keep your head down, keep grinding. Um, you hit certain milestones. You look back, and you're like, okay, you know what? What like that was this year. What's next year, right? And then you just keep grinding, and then you look back, and you're like, you're you grew a lot faster than what you thought. Mm-hmm. We've had we've done some like crazier things this past, I say three months than we did in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Right, two years like it's, it's been nuts. Are like, you taking an aggressive approach? We've gone really aggressive. Like we used to shoot, you know, do a photo shoot once every two months or so. Now we're doing once a week. Really. And we're and then I mean once every week, week and a half or so, and then um, you know we're just it's it's how you relate to people, mm-hmm. how relevant you are. You know that's I think that's one thing that's keeping us a lot different than other brands right like some brands they shoot once for however many long because you're using the same images mm-hmm. but you know when you're shooting a summer shoot and it's it's winter people can't relate to that right well you got to keep with the seasons too right exactly and that's just kind of well, I guess one analogy of it like you know if you're doing stuff people want to see it they mm-hmm. want to see the behind the scenes they want to understand what the process is yeah absolutely what is it important for you guys to kind of be synonymous in your lifestyle with the brand as well? Like, do you guys absolutely live everything that RVL stands for? That's uh, yeah, that's one thing I really, I really preach is like I, you know, that that the story itself and the branding itself really goes with the name of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, 
you know, every single day I, I try to live that lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? It's it's not about the money, it's not about the cars, or whatever it is, it's about building something I care about, being passionate about it, you know, bringing people that I care about to help me build this brand. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this then, how do you deal with setbacks and not feeling like a fraud? Like when you are grinding it out, being an entrepreneur, killing it, crushing it, and then something happens in your life that you're either not proud of or is a big mistake, how do you continue on? Maybe not advertising that, or do you celebrate it? Do you bring it out and say, "Look, I screwed up here. I need to, you know, I need to own it." I mean, everyone goes through different situations in life that they're not happy or proud about, um, and I think you know when you're so driven, that can really take a hit to your ego, and it can it can stall a little bit of that momentum. So, how do you deal with that? Well, having business partners is huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like doing something on your own. When you hit those setbacks, you kind of shut down for like, it depends how big the setback is, but you can just shut down for mm -hmm. two weeks and then your business is like halted for two weeks. But mm -hmm. having business partners, like, I don't know, I'm sure some days I'll come in down or maybe Steve or Tony will be down and we kind of pick each other up. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And like if, I don't know. I think celebrating those failures is pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. big too, right? That's part of the revival stories. Everybody has their own story. They all have their own uh, thing that made them grind, the mm -hmm. thing that made them, you know, tick. Yeah. So. Yeah, and fr from a personal standpoint, though, have you guys experienced any setbacks that you know you can talk about now that that at the time seemed like they were gonna end your game? You know what? There's, there's <laughs> Ten years of business. Yeah. There's a lot. I don't think I can pinpoint any one, but I can tell you like everyone goes through it. You're not the only one. If you own a business, you're not the only one to go through one of those things. Yeah, that's for sure. So our grind. So RVL is going from fitness, and you guys want to move into more lifestyle. So who are the types of people that? That would wear your stuff. I don't um, think we really want to move though. Yeah. Like we want to grow, grow, grow yeah. into. So we still have the fitness. Yeah. And we plan to expand the fitness of the future. Okay. But we want to, yeah. We're we cover more to... sports. I think it's yeah. what we're trying yeah. to do. We want to cover more sports. We're Under Armour. Under Armour came out with a brand that specifically did Under Armour. Yeah. You know. Then they expanded into runnings and the hockey mm -hmm. and everything that yeah. they did. Every and kind lifestyle. of sports apparel, and lifestyle. They do lifestyle as well, right? Yeah. I think that's that's where our mentality is at. We want to grow that way. We want yeah. to be so we don't want just bodybuilding. Yeah. We want to be sports, fitness, athletic. Yeah. yeah. And do you guys ever run any types of marketing campaigns where you want to hear people's revival stories? Has that ever been something? It yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> we're, um, we're, there's a lot of things in the works. Um, you know, I get approached a lot of times like, hey, guys, like, you know, they, they'll hit me up and be like, hey, do you, like, do you mind if I tell you my story? Mm -hmm. I've had dozens of emails and hear about people's, you know, I guess not so much relating to the brand itself, but it's like, hey man, like I actually have my own story. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I, I, I love hearing about stuff like that, right? Um, we're actually working with a few people, I guess, kind of working on them. Yeah. Um, on, you know, they're, they're doing their own thing and they actually have some crazy stories that makes mine look, you know, very insignificant, mm -hmm. you know, very small to what they've endured. Um, but it's cool to like, be able to relate to them in, in certain ways. Yeah, and I mean, everyone's point in life is, is all relative, right? Like, yeah. everyone's got a different rock bottom. Exactly. You know? Um, which is exactly what we stand for, which is what the revival is. Yeah. That's what it means to us. Everybody's got their own story. Yeah. And is it a way to say, okay, no more, this is as low as I'm going to go, and from here, everything is up? You know what, there, there's times that, like, you know, like, going back to your last question there, you know, there are things that we hit lows on, right? Like, I've been in days, I'm like, man, I'm stressed. <laughs> you can swear on this. Yeah, yeah. there's too much. And uh, and Tony's like, Matt, what's up? And then like, 
Yeah, we, we just did our biggest launch yet. You know, we, we did our hoodie launch. We came up with videos. We came up with two or three photo shoots. We did the whole thing. And, you know, we had, like, a pallet dropped off at our back door for the first time. And I've never, like, experienced that before. You know, mm-hmm. as insignificant as it is, you know, you get that many pieces are dropped at the back door. And there's, like, small, you know, we, we found small deficiencies. And I was just stressed out, right? And he's like, you know what? These are pretty minor things. Right. But then when you're sending that many pieces out, we had, you know, in the first four or five days, we had a crazy amount of hoodies just, or pullovers just go out the door. Right. Yeah. And you know, our quality control was at top notch. We had to sit there for 12, 14 hours going through every product. Yeah. Did you separate all, all oh, them? Yeah. Or? Yeah, yeah, every single piece. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's stuff like that. And, you know, we, we've done, we've dealt with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we've dealt with, you know, lawsuits. We've dealt with crazy things like that where a lot of companies, when they're starting up, they'll never even think of. We've had somebody try to sue us for a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Man, 21st century, hey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Out of LA, yeah. And just stuff like that, we, we never figured we'd experience. And then now, you know, having, to, like, you know, le- like legal people behind us now, we're like, okay, you know what? This is all just handled. And, but before, when we first got that, we're like, all of us were, weren't sure what was going on. Yeah. Right? You know what that means, though? They're scared. They're scared of you. They've gone from offense to defense. Yeah. They're now protecting what they have versus trying to grow into more. Yeah. Yeah. So that means you guys are on the right track. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like for us, like we grew that hashtag. Yeah. Right? It was from day one. We grew what that is hashtag. it? So people know. Just like hashtag RBL apparel. Okay. Right. And something like that, like everyone knows who we are yeah. from that hashtag. And I mean, it's it's trended, you know, what, 4,000 times already um, today. And you know, that might not be a big thing compared to bigger companies, mm-hmm. but to us as a startup, we're that's pretty big to us, mm-hmm. right? And getting sued for something like that. Well, it's funny because like you get sued and then you talk to your lawyer, they're like, "Yeah, they can't sue you for hashtags." <laughs> but a lot of companies wouldn't know that, yeah. right? Yeah. And they would just be like, "Okay, well, we better stop." But yeah. it's just scare tactics. Oh, for sure, it's just posturing. Yeah. How does that work, Canada versus U.S.? Like, are there laws that are different there? That that there is when it comes to trademarks. Not for hashtags, but, but like hashtags. trademarks, yeah. Trademarks, yeah. you'll have to trademark it in the U.S. and Canada. They're both different. Right. Is hashtag, is that, like, doesn't Twitter own that? Isn't, like, hashtag a Twitter thing? Or was it just something that they utilize and now every platform utilizes? probably, it? like, .com. Somebody owns it. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Well, whoever invented the first phone has a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. What's the dynamic between the three of you? I mean, you guys are obviously buddies, but I mean, as far as the workflow goes, who does what? Do you guys kind of do a little bit of everything yourselves, or or do you stay in your own lanes? Uh, Steve Steve takes care of a lot of it. Right? Most of that, it. That, yeah. It's his baby. Yeah. Um, he's the yeah. full-time guy, and mm-hmm. we just uh, help him in the background of stuff. Yeah, so like, you know, for me, I, I overlook everything. Um, you know, booking photo shoots, whatever it is, product development. Um, things I like, you know, I, I bring to the table to these guys. I'm like, hey, this is what we should do. And we all like put in our input. Um, sometimes days I have to put my, <laughs> my crown and be like, hey, you know what? This is what I want. Right. right. This is what I see for the brand. Um, but these guys are like basically. Say your crown. My. Uh, you should you should make your own one one off snap uh, snapback with a crown around it. Yeah, shit, he's coming in with the the crown snapback when today. When it goes on, we just yeah. <laughs> we we argue a lot. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. very uh, it's very productive. And the one thing I think we did well was that uh, you know we grew into our, these roles that we had. Like Dustin's dealing with uh, manufacturing and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. You know what? As much as I keep on top of him, that's his. You know, he knows when he outsources like nobody. Yeah, right. Yeah, the conversations. How many times have you been to China? Once. 
We, yeah, we've been there once together. I went yeah. there once when I was younger, but strictly for this stuff. Yeah, we, yeah. we went there once. It's basically like that's kind of a crazy story. We yeah. met and we said let's go to China, and we left like two weeks later. Yeah, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah. And that's where I think we we really built a solid team because like I you know there's I forget where I read it, but it's talking about how friendships and all that kind of stuff like you don't know each other until you travel together. For sure. Right? And you know a, a business partners like that's a big thing because you start talking about. You know, money and stuff like that. That's you know, sort of pe- affecting personal life there. Yeah. Right. So I think the big thing when we went to China it was, it was, you know, timing was was, you know, pretty crazy one thing, and the fact that we fl- booked the trip that quick and just made it happen, you know, that was a whole other thing. And then the the bond that we had on that trip, mm-hmm. you know, we knew that it was something we had something special going on. Yeah. So what you guys are going again soon, right? Yep. What's what's going to be different plan, about yeah. this trip? Um, the first trip was actually, um, it was more of an educational trip. We mm-hmm. went to a trade show to kind of get to know the industry mm-hmm. that's outside of Canada. This trip is going to be basically going to our factories that we're working with to sit down and work on the, the issues that we want to. So this is more business. This is this like, okay, we're into it and we're going. Less educational. Yeah. More, we have a plan and we're going in attacking the plan. Yeah. Are you going to have any fun on the trip? Oh yeah. Hong Kong is fun, yeah. Yeah. Hong Kong is a blast. Yeah. yeah. So. That's yeah. all. No, I think we uh, we have a lot of things coming up here, and it's you know these these trips are mostly gonna be business nowadays. Uh, we got you know we've had our party nights in, in yeah. Hong Kong, China, and stuff like that where you change the dynamic of the team. Like you you bond beyond just you know looking at numbers, looking at designs, or whatever it is, right? Because you have dirt on each other now, right? <laughs> Not in two a.m. noodle bowl runs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bonds over other than two a.m. drunken food. Yeah, spicy noodle bowls. <laughs> so. I want you guys each to answer a question. So, you, 27? Yeah, 27. How old are you? 27. 27. 33. 33. Okay, so what? We'll start with the youngest. One of the two. <laughs> uh, I'm turning 27. Like, yeah, he's 26. I'll start with you. Uh, okay. <laughs> he's not actually 27. So, yeah. so <laughs> what if you could give your 10 year, 10 year ago self, so your 16 year old self, one piece of advice at that time? She'd so be grade 11 in school. What would that be? Um, you know what? To never stop trying things. Mm hmm. Um, I guess like even with schooling and stuff like that like you know what uh, some days look at and regret going to school but you can't regret that it, it there's a it's a weird path but you just gotta go through the process like just trust the process um, know that you know there's bigger things ahead and never to, to stop right uh, as cheesy as that sounds like you know, I could have given up a long time ago mm-hmm. um, but the, the process led to me to RBL if I didn't do certain things certain things didn't happen then I wouldn't be where I am with this that's good never stop <laughs> yeah. um, I'd say like never get comfortable um, and I don't know when I was in grade 11 I was probably just partying and <laughs> so you'd smack it, smack your your 16 year old self and say focus I, I don't know like I had I had fun back then and that's yeah. what I wanted to do so that's fine um, just um like just constantly grow mm-hmm. there's yeah like never get comfortable don't get caught up in the nine to five don't get caught up doing one thing if you don't like something don't do it like mm-hmm. change it up there's always something that you can do that you like that'll make you money it might not make you as much money as you're making now yeah. but if you're happy that's worth more money yeah would you rather make a hundred thousand and be miserable or exactly. eighty thousand and be pumped right exactly. and you never grow unless you're outside of your comfort zone yeah. you don't grow doing things you're comfortable with yeah no tony what do you think that's yeah. your third your 23 year old self 23 year old self i started my business at 23 so i 
the advice that you always just follow your passion, do what you love. Yeah. If you yeah, like Dustin said, if you're doing what you love, money money doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I have a family. Like being around my family, if I can go work in the oil rig, mm-hmm. I'd rather be here. Rather Good. see my family. So follow your passion, do what you love. That's awesome. Okay, a couple more questions. I want you guys to think about this for a couple seconds before we start sharing answers. If you could, and I know you don't give away free stuff. I don't know if you're into sponsorships yet, but if you could sponsor one person in this world to an exclusive RVL deal, who would that be? Think about it. And then we'll start. Age start with the old guy? Start with age before beauty. I need more time. I don't know. All right, whoever's ready first. Yeah. I would I would give Connor McDavid a free hat. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm talking like full like yeah. next ten years outfit in RVL. Connor McDavid's your guy. Yeah. Okay. That's, why? I don't know. I'm a hockey guy. And yeah. I don't know how many people he reaches out to. It's not just Edmonton. Like yeah. he's huge, Canada wide. He's global brand. for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. I think he'd look better in like an RVL hat than a Canadian Tire hat. Keep pushing. Why don't you DM, <laughs> DM him? <laughs> yeah. We've, we've actually reached out. I've reached out to a couple of Oilers. So. <laughs> Connor, Dustin yeah. again. Just wondering if you got my last message. <laughs> yeah. Still got that hat waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just talked to last It was Maroon. No, we, we reached out to um, to Larson Club. Yeah. yeah. Dude, if you, got, if you got them wearing your stuff, like that's huge. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like it's, I don't know, a lot of companies would have them in as just like grab whatever you want we want to do like photo shoots and stuff i think mm-hmm. for us it's just like if we got people in it's like here's some hats and like if you like the brand wear it. yeah wear it. well exactly like the brand, you yeah know. you don't, don't wear it because we're telling you to or we're paying yeah. you to right or you're getting it for free right like yeah i don't know who i'd give it to but that's i like that advice like I don't, it's something i want people to know is like we want people that love the brand to wear the brand. okay so we change- don't want to pay people or give stuff yeah. away for free right. to wear it. Like, so change, like, change the question around then. If there was one person in this world that you could pick who would be just psyched to wear your stuff every day. Mark came, Cuban. Mark Cuban. Okay. <laughs> no, I he was rocking RBL. I'd be pretty stoked. Perfect. Yeah. I don't even know what to answer that question. I don't really... You know, you have your celebrities and stuff like that that you, you'd want to wear your stuff. Yeah. But other than that, like, I... I guess I, I never really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I can turn yeah. into a fanboy and say Matthews. I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. <laughs> I know, yeah. That guy's rocking my stuff. Yeah, pretty awesome, sorry. Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Steve, you can get back to me on that one. Yeah. I'll throw it in the uh, in the post, uh, the outro of the show, if Sounds you think good. of it in the next day or so. <laughs> if I were in your position, if it were if it were four years ago and Barack Obama was still in, yeah. in office, I'd say Barack, because he's just the coolest guy ever, right? Yeah, and just yeah. most influential. If he was pumped to get RVL stuff and I was part of your brand, that's who I would want to give it to. would be pretty cool to see Bernie Sanders wearing a flat rim, too. If I choose something, that would be pretty guys if you yeah, badass. It'd be yeah, Bernie Sanders and a snapback. Have you, got, have you had a demographic outside of what you typically thought you would? Have you found anyone sort of in their late 30s or early 40s or no, older than every, that we've got yeah. everybody wearing our stuff yeah we've got people that come by the office and tell us stories all the time that are you know aged from 16 to 40 i think like the craziest you know the guys like the force and stuff like that yeah. you know that's that's a story on its own but it's one actually tony's buddies yeah we've got some musicians rocking the stuff that you know mm-hmm. aren't necessarily in the fitness world we've got guys that are in in the fitness world we've got people that have revival stories some some people revival means different things to everybody and that's what we kind of wanted to have is that personal meaning it, you know they don't have to be in the fitness world to wear our stuff if they have a revival story and they feel like they fit with the brand yeah you know those are the types of people right and you need to do so many so, things now too right so, yeah, no. there's a lot of people that i'd say are out of the realm of what we you know 
Good. Well, excited to see what you guys have uh, coming up in the future. I was just looking at your stuff. I want to come to the store after this if you guys are going to get some stuff. Is that cool? Yeah, you okay, There's no pick... store, though. There's no <laughs> store? Sorry, <laughs> that, the sorry Steve's, Steve's truck. Yeah. I want to go to Steve's truck and get the some stuff. We love having you by the warehouse. All right, perfect. And secret location. Yeah. I can't tell you guys. They'll kill me. <laughs> the secret, not the yeah, secret location. Little... All right. <laughs> Tony, Dustin, Steve, thanks for coming in, guys. Really appreciate it. No, thank you. Any messages for the fans out there? Work hard, stay humble. Classic. <laughs> cool. Perfect. That's it, guys. Awesome. Thank you. We're done. What's next? Work. Reality. Yeah. Reality? This is work, man. This is you guys marketing. This is doing your yeah. thing. Yeah, this is work. <laughs> That's the best, best thing about owning your own business, right? Like, every day is different. Yeah. Every day is... Like every day is work, but you don't always feel like you're working. So yeah. You know your own business. You do things you love. And right. There are days that suck. Yeah. Balls, do, you ever, do you ever have people, like friends or family or people who feel like they should tell you what to do, um, who don't understand like what you do, who are just kind of like, oh, like you don't, you're not in the office at 11 a.m.? Like, why? I, I don't. You I, don't? I grew up with a family that we have a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners. and Yeah. Um, yeah. I support the whole way through. I've had support. So. Yeah. There's a lot of friends yeah. like that. I don't know. They don't see it as a job. They mm-hmm. feel like, hey, like I'm going for lunch two o'clock on a Tuesday because I'm off. Like mm-hmm. you can you can go because you don't like you you don't you you decide what you do. So yeah, you, you like, do whatever you want. You just sell clothes. Yeah, do whatever Fuck you want. You. It's like no, like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> That's not yeah. Like, yeah. It looks like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It definitely looks like that. We definitely take advantage when we can, but there's the, you know, but, those days very often. Man, that's that's classic strategy though. Just make what you do look easy, even <laughs> even if it's a grind, dude. Who cares if people know how, don't know how hard you work, man? As long as you know, mm-hmm. and as long as you guys know about each other. Yeah, I mean that's a big thing like, for us is that you know showing the real thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I try to portray as much as I can on social media being a real yeah. real thing. Like this is a day in the life kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Some of it, you know, obviously you take pictures and you, you choose the best one, but at the same time it's like, hey, you know, we're actually going through this kind of stuff. We're doing this. We're you know whether the going for lunch or whatever yeah. at three o'clock because we missed we missed lunch at 12 yeah right that stuff happens so yeah, yeah i mean like then you get the people the 180 people who are like man you are so lucky to do what you do yeah and you're like it's not luck man yeah. <laughs> anyone can do it trust me yeah. you yeah. could do it that's yeah. another thing right like i, I hate when people are like, oh you're so lucky about you're so life. lucky to do the things that you do like, <laughs> yeah you know you didn't see me driving around town at 10 o'clock at night selling <laughs> to you know in the middle of a parking lot like, yeah exactly was I lucky that I could have got jumped doing that I don't know <laughs> that, that's the bittersweet thing about running a business is you do work more than the, the 9 to 5 the 9 yeah. to 5 finish their job they go home they sleep they don't care what happened at work usually it's just, just no life though, it's just no life to we, live we sleep with it's every stress yeah. we, we sleep with every stress we sleep with every milestone we you know mm-hmm. you go to bed at night you could still be working this yeah. guy works till 3am like <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Like any nine to fiver, their favorite time is five PM. Their favorite day is Friday. Yeah, they're all the same, guaranteed. I was trying to think of this the other day. Is it possible to work a nine to five and like and love your job? Like, is it possible yeah, to have that nine to five yeah. where you're so pumped, but yet at five you're out of there? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I just feel like if I loved it, I would stay longer. Like if I loved it, I'm like there six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's always gonna be a cap, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I, you know. Why am I gonna get compensated for this? Yeah. Right. And yeah, when you start thinking of like, am I getting paid what I'm worth? That's when you get trouble, right? And then like when you know you. But I think that's when your passion. Yeah. You lose passion for your job at that point. Right? Yeah. If you're passionate about what you 
are doing, then I think the money's not an yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. like, you're moving in the ranks, even, right? Like, you know, your boss is getting ripped off of your, what you're doing. Do you put in extra hours? It yeah. doesn't benefit, but really, the next guy up, mm-hmm. right? Maybe yourself and making yourself look good, but, you know, I've done that. I've gone to the office on a Sunday at 9 o'clock till mm-hmm. until 12 o'clock, yeah. and then go home, sleep till 7 o'clock, and I'm back at work again, right? Mm-hmm. So that there's no more doing that. <laughs> There's more more hours in. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. They say like in, in any like corporate or company job, like the best thing, and this is totally counterintuitive, but the best thing you could do is do your job so well that you work yourself out of a job, that you make yourself unnecessary because while you've just eliminated your duties, the company sees how valuable you are and how good you did at that and they're going to bump you up because they're like, if this guy just did that, look, what, what else can he do, right? So, but people just get defensive. They get protective. They start doing the things that they have to do versus going that extra mile or, or you know, going, working, providing more value than what they're getting compensated for. And that's like, that's for me personally. Like, I don't ever want to get paid more than I'm of value. Like, that would just suck. You know, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. So I'd much rather get underpaid and overdeliver than the opposite. For sure. I mean, you got to live at the end of the day. But, yeah. People like you working for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Okay, guys. Well, I'll let you get out of here. Yeah. Cool. No, appreciate uh, your time. Guys, really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I had a blast talking with these guys. Go check them out on social media, Instagram, at steveliang.rvl, at tonydew.rvl, and at dustin.rvl, and of course, revival.apparel on Instagram. Have a great day, guys. Talk to you next week.